Welcome to the In His Voice podcast hosted by me, Rob L. Lowe, where we talk about the trials and tribulations that affect boys and men without ever bashing women. We talk about everything from the bedroom to the boardroom, from the playground to the stadium, and everything in between. And today's show, special. Today is kind of an informative topic for me. Uh, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago about being in a fraternity, and I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, and for those that, that know the history of Alpha, um, all of the jewels, at least most of them, were members of a Masonic Lodge, even embedded in some of the history uh, that makes up the rituals within Alpha and in some of the context. And so today's show, we're actually going to get some insight into the life of a Mason, the myths, uh, the, the challenges, the joys, the learnings, and also what do they do to help the community. On my show, good friend of mine from high school, we graduated together, none other then Mr. Tony Carr. How you doing, sir? Man, yes, sir. Good Welcome to, to the In His Voice podcast. We are working on our 35th uh, reunion this year, right? We so are. we started working together recently. Mm-hmm. And when I started this podcast, um, I was looking for topics mm-hmm. that, that, that are relevant to the voice of men. But I wanted things that, that people don't often talk about or they don't know about, or they don't understand, that really embodies the life of men. Right, right. And, and, and when, when I thought about you, I said, this dude is a high-ranking Masonic leader. And I don't know much about him. My grandfather was a, was a Mason. I seen him go to one meeting. I never seen him go to any other after that. So I have no idea. Okay. I know Alpha Phi Alpha. Some of the Jews were Mason, if not all of them. But man, I I, I really want to learn. I, I I want one. I want to talk about your journey. Okay. Into how you got into being a Mason and why. Okay. And then all those things that people don't really understand, man. Right. And 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 really, how does um, how does being a Mason affect you or other men that you know in helping them be better men? Okay. Well. Starting off my journey into masonry, it actually, my initial somewhat of introduction to masonry was when I was in the military after high school. Okay. Um, had several friends that were masons at the time. I was like, and then it was more of, hey, you my friend, I'm just going to join because of friends. I didn't know nothing about the organization. I had no family ties that I knew of to the organization. I was basically just trying to join because my friends was a part of it. I would see them running off to the meetings. And I attended a couple community events they were doing in the military, they had showed up and done. I just wanted to join. Well, they kept telling me, be patient. Be patient. I didn't understand what they were talking about. Now, in hindsight, sight, I know what they were getting at. Because at the time when I was trying to join it at that time, I was on my way to be ETS and out the Army. So they were trying to see if I was going to re-enlist and still be in that area uh-huh. so I could be of a service or be a part of the organization, be able to help the organization because why bring me in and then in 12 months, you're gone. You're gone. You know what I mean? What good did you do us? Yeah. So I didn't get that. And so then I come home. But another one of my good friends, um, Galen, we uh, ended up um, getting an apartment together. Okay. And um, one day we were just sitting around the apartment. He was like, you ever thought about being a Mason? I was telling him the story. Well, yeah, you know, I thought about the military. He kept telling me patient. I said, I didn't know what that was all about, you know. 
I said, I never really thought no more about it. He said, well, I've been kind of thinking about it too. I said, I really don't know anything. He said, I don't either. So literally the next day, this dude come running in an apartment. Man, we got to be up at such and such, such. I mean, he's got a time, a date, a place where we got to go meet this guy to talk about masonry. Well, at that time, I was working second shift. Dude, I got to work. I can't go. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to go. So he went, he met the guys, got a little introduction to Mace. We talked to him. They talked to him about it. They talked to him to find out what he wanted to do, and he started his journey. Well, fast forward a year later. Now, I've been to several of the events locally that, that lives that he had joined and been done because my best friend's a part of it. So, you know, some of the stuff to the public that's available, I had been to a couple of them. Now, I want to hand it, go and join. So that was in 1998. So 1998, I joined the organization. So when you become a Mason, there's basically three steps to Masonry. Okay. You know, so you have your first, second, and third degree. And each one of those have lessons and stuff you need to learn. Some of it may be historical. And it's really just about teaching you about the organization is all it really is. Okay. The first three degrees and getting you a symbolic understanding of what the organization is about. Like one of the big misconceptions about Masonry that's out in the world, a lot of people don't know anything about Masonry. So the first thing they want to say, well, y'all devil worshipers. That is the furthest thing from the truth. Wow. Because you can't even be a Mason without a belief in a higher being. You have to believe that there is a God. Now, no, you have to be Baptist, you have to be Methodist, Methodist, or any of these other religious Catholic, anything like that, but you have to have a belief in God. Okay. If you don't have a belief in God, you can't even be a Mason. Wow. You know, it's, it's intertwined with Masonry. Yeah. A lot of our, of our teachings have symbolic symbols and references back to the Bible. So if you don't believe in God, how can you be a Mason when Everything we're going to be teaching you, a lot of it's tying back into the Bible. Yeah. So that's a big misunderstanding people have off the bat. They think that Masons are devil worshippers. That's the furthest thing for the truth, you know. And, it, and a lot of that comes from when people don't know, they make up their own stories. Yeah. And so, like I used to tell people, especially when I first got into Masonry, they'd be like, well, why don't you talk about it? I said, well, it's like this you own IBM. I'm outside. I walk up to you. Hey, man, tell me how your computers work, man. I want to build my own computer. You going to tell me? Yeah, no. See what I'm saying? Right. But you come work with me, you can learn. You can. Yeah. See, and then that's, and that's that old school thought. So you got to realize this organization goes back to the beginning of time. It has ties back yeah. throughout the centuries. Yeah. So it, it goes further back. So everything started off initially was word of mouth. So there is nothing written down. You know what I mean? Now, days you've got rituals and stuff that's written down, but when it first came out, you learned like this, talking to him in conversations. I, wasn't nothing written down. I, I, I remember seeing a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was Roots. It was a TV show. It was a movie. It was a slave scene mm -hmm. where the slave had run away mm -hmm. and it was part of Underground Railroad. I do not remember this movie, so if anybody who sees this and you see it on YouTube, drop it in the comments. Mm -hmm. But the, the slave ran away. He came up to this house mm -hmm. and it was a white slave owner. He's like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And he said, a traveling man told me to stop at your house. Mm -hmm. And the slave owner and, 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 and the white person who owned the house who wasn't a slave owner told the person, well, come on in. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. And of course, at the time, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But someone revealed to me like that. That is um, 
that's symbolic in, in, in masonry, right? A traveling man. And, yeah, and you don't have to yeah. explain that to me. Well, I can but, explain it okay. the way I can. When, it, when he said traveling man, you're never alone. Oh. If I'm a mason here in Indiana, you're a mason down in Florida. Okay. You come to Indiana, you in aid, aid assistance, you need something. My brother, you can reach out to me. If I'm able to provide it, I'm going to provide that. And that goes worldwide. Wow. You know, it's it's a brother. Masonry is a brotherhood. And when you boil it down to it, just like your fraternities, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. So you just have that bond. So you you provide aid, sympathy, and comfort when you can. If, yeah. if it's outside of your reach, then, you know, you can't do it. You can't do it. But some come to you, hey, man, you know, my car broke down or whatever. I need a place to crash. And I do. You got this couch right here, man. I got extra bed over here. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We'll so for you. Here's a question. Just again, I'm I'm going to ask the questions that people probably want to ask and and are scared to ask or don't have the opportunity. Is there is there a black Mason group versus a white Mason group versus a, yes. a Muslim Mason group? Like okay, as far as a Muslim Mason group, I don't know. Okay, but as far as black and white, there is quote unquote black lodges, which is. Prince Hall affiliated, which I happen to be a part of. Prince Hall affiliated. So and we'll get into Prince Hall a little bit in a okay. second. And then you have the quote unquote George Washington Masons, which are the white Masons. Okay. So where the two different organizations, those two organizations different come from is Prince Hall, who I'm my organization is founded and named after of. Prince Hall was an actual figure. He was actually he was a black man, a free black slave. Okay. That had became a Mason. He was in the quote-unquote white lodges. The lodge that he was in during Civil War, just before the Civil War, packed up and went back to England. So he was left with no lodge to be a part of. So he applied to and was granted a charter from the Grand Lodge of England to start his own Grand Lodge and Lodge here in America. Really? So we're descendants of so we tie back to that national charter. All of our charters tie back to his original charter. So was he not allowed to join <coughs> the um, the other lodge that was? Well, see, like I said, that's during slavery time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was more up north when he had joined. It. He wasn't like he was down south okay. in the lodge. He was in Philadelphia, where he okay. ended up starting his um his Prince Hall chapter. In. Yeah. So he, he didn't have, wasn't a lodge there. All those lodges packed up and left back to England. So what does he do? He petitioned and was granted a charter to start his own. Ah. So that's where we come from. And so that's why I say quote unquote, because we have white members that's in our organization. There's blacks and there is just predominantly white I got you. and predominantly black. I got you. So ours, like I said, Prince Hall of PHA, you'll see on there. And then okay. there's spinoffs on there for a different personal reason. And we're not going to get into all of that. Okay. Your, base, your main two, you have them and us. And, we're, and then we in a lot of states now. You have mutual recognition where they recognize our Grand Lodge. We recognize there because they realized that our charter was granted from their Grand Lodge. Wow. That we're basically underneath them anyway. They understand that we're a part of their organization. You know, you still have some of them that, no, nah, we're not going to recognize it. But on, on the majority part these days, like my Masonic Lodge, in conjunction with the, the white, quote unquote, white Masons, and the Knights of Columbus, which is a, a, a Catholic organization, 
Okay. We host an ecumenical breakfast every year in February. I heard those nice three, Okay. Those three orders get together and host ecumenical breakfast where we talk and we have a keynote speaker that's talking on whatever socially relevant subject of the day, yeah. of the year or times is going on. And we just have a meeting just to hang, just to greet, meet, and recognize each other. And that's been going on since 98, 97, just before I joined the organization, is when they started the ecumenical breakfast. What, and what, my life was one of the ones that started that off. What, what was your journey like in the beginning? Like, like what? No, I understand how, what created the interest, but what was it like in the beginning when you first started? And then... What kept your interest over the years that you wanted to thrive inside the organization? Okay, so for me, when I joined, I joined for the reasons that most people join when they really find out what the organization is. I wanted to do stuff to help and better this community. Okay. And so I happened to actually petition a lodge and join a lodge that's very active in the community. Meridian Lodge, our lodge is actually only on Martin Luther King right now. Currently, we're in the process of getting slight relocate here in a few months or so, but we're real active in the community. We do some of the big things we do is uh, we host one of the biggest Israel hunts in the city. We give away anywhere from 50 to over 100 bicycles in our Easter egg hunt. Every kid that usually comes to Easter egg hunt gets an Easter basket. We have hundreds of eggs out there hidden for the kids to go find and stuff. And, and it's all just word of mouth at this wow. point. We just, well, we've just over the years been doing it and just growing it. And so we don't run an ad on the radio and talk about none of that. I can remember one year back when the radio in 96 was doing the Easter egg hunt down at Victory Field. There was advertising on the radio and stuff that they they got 20 bikes they're going to be giving away to kids down whatever. We had 100 bikes at ours. I remember thinking, y'all radio station, y'all advertising about 20 bikes? Uh -huh. This little medicine organization's brotherhood of men, we're giving away 100 bikes at ours. But you're claiming you'll get the biggest in the city. Yeah, you got the biggest numbers because you got victory field. Uh -huh. But who's better serving the community? Community. I got 100 kids showed up. We've had literally some years where every kid that's came to our Easter egg hunt has left out with a bike as well as Easter basket. You're speaking of serving the community. Mm -hmm. You see all the things that are happening mm -hmm. here in Indianapolis where we're filming mm -hmm. and in other communities around the world around the country. Mm -hmm. What does serving the community look like, you know, not just from your your standard, but from the Prince Hall's viewpoint? What do they see as as the responsibility of a of a brother Mason in helping to to, to help heal, change, mm -hmm. improve the community? What does that look like? Well for us it looks like trying to be role models, trying to show okay. kids that there's you can do something different. Yeah. So we do things, like I said, the different things we do, like we'll do things like the first day back to school, we'll get out there, welcome the kids back into school, you know, we'll put our suits on or have our, just to be present in their life, to show them, hey, there's a different route. You can do something different. Here's a positive yeah. black group of black men doing this, you know. Yeah. Like my Shrine organization, which is another organization of, of masonry. Up until this year, we had actually adopted a school where we took care of all their school supplies for the whole entire school. We had wow. set them up with an Amazon account. Hey, if y'all need something for your school, chalk, whatever, order it. Let us know. We, we're paying for it. We would show up two or three times a year at the school just to talk and meet with the kids. 
You know, one of the national ascendants on, on the Shriners side is Shriners' as mentor, Sam. I'm currently the state chairman for the Sam department. Wow. So every temple is required to have a mentorship pro program with the youth. And that's what Mace was about. We see it as trying to be role models to the youth to try to affect change that way. Right now, currently, we know every year it could change. The direction mm -hmm. could be changed a little different. Right now, the current direction is just trying to be a positive role model to the kids and to the youth. For for the brothers like you mm -hmm. that 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 thrive and grow in the organization, what what does the what does the path of progression look like? Like how what what are the levels? Or does someone aspire to grow? And it's all on the individual. So it depends on what you want out of the organization and where you want to do. Like for me, I'm not even that big within the organization. I've just ran a local lodge and I ran a local shrine temple. There's one of my good friends within the organization. He's the number three in charge for the whole state right now. Of our wow. grandbody that covers the state. But that's his aspirations to run the state. So you can have different aspirations, but you got to have them for the right reasons. Yeah. And that's where you also lose your people when you bring people in, when people come into Masonry. Some people join Masonry for the wrong reasons. Yeah. They want to join Masonry because, oh, I'm going to become a Mason. And, you know, I get stopped by a cop. I can flash a ring, flash a sign or something. I'm going to get that ticket. No, sir. First thing for the trip, for the truth. You're going yeah. to get that ticket. You're going to go to court. You're going to go to jail. Yeah. Because yeah. as a Mason, a good or right man, you shouldn't be breaking the law anyway. Ooh. See, and that's where you lose when people realize that, oh, I, I can't get away with it. No, you're not getting away with nothing. You're supposed to pay the loan yeah. of the land. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What you get out of masonry is the brotherly love. You also form contacts because you have people from very dynamic backgrounds. Yeah. You mean, you, you have everybody from the blue collar worker dude that's doing construction to the millionaire who's running a Fortune 500 company could be possibly in your Masonic organization. Wow. And y'all sitting in a meeting. So you have all of these interconnections. So if you think about it, take time to learn from each one of these different individuals. It grows you as a person. Yeah. That you can in turn be a better role model for the community. You know, if you, if you had to describe Other than people think they're devil worshippers, mm -hmm. what's the biggest myth out there about the benefits of being a Mason or the process to become a Mason? So the devil worshiping is one thing, and people who want to get away with the, those are the biggest myths okay. right there. In, when it comes to masonry, um, another thing people think it's a big secret that you can't. That there, there's nothing you can find out about Masonry that we hold everything secret. Like I tell you, we're a secret. Why all these Masonic Lodge got the big old sign now somewhere we at? How are we a secret? Where are we hiding? Uh, there's a big sign sitting from my building that says Meridian Lodge number 33. It's got the big square and compass. It's got the square and compass sitting on it. We're right here. How are we hiding? We're, we're see, that's where a lot of people get confused. But it's also one of those things where you don't see a lot of this where I'm on this podcast, people talking about Masonry. Right. So people just make up their own stories, their own thoughts and ideas, instead of talking to someone who is who's active and actually doing something, or they'll talk to someone who's disgruntled because he can't get in the way with nothing. So now he want to badmouth the organization. So he's never even really been fully a part of the organization. So he's just running rampant with his stories. You know, 
Are there times when Elijah will have to expel, excommunicate, kick a brother out? Yes. For whatever the case, right? Yeah, whatever, I mean, it's the same thing. If you, it's just like anything else in life. If you do things against the rules, you can get expelled. Okay. You know, you know, you you, you hurt children, you hurt women, or whatever. We're not going to accept that. You know what I mean? I don't want you as my brother. If I know you're a woman beater, if yeah. I know you you doing stuff to kids. Yeah, you're, you're going to get out of this organization. You know, you, you steal from this organization. We, you get caught. You're going to get put out of this organization. Yeah, you know, it's like any other thing in life. You know, what I mean, you have rules that you have to follow by. If you violate those rules, yeah, you, you're excommunicated. You're expelled. You know, uh, I talked about Alpha and mm -hmm. and the founders being Masons, mm -hmm. and I know many Alphas who are Masons. And the ones that are Masons, it's really weird because we're Alphas, mm -hmm. but the ones that are Masons even have a different brotherhood. Yeah. Because they're Alphas, mm -hmm. but they're Masons. Yeah. Right? And, and, and like, one of the jokes we have, a lot of us like me, I'm just a Mason. I've never been in a fraternity. Right. So one of the jokes we'll have is, I'm your father. Yeah, we're with, talking. With that, but it is, it is, it is real. Right. But you'll get some of the other, some of the fraternities, a lot of them, you don't hear as much anymore. Yeah. But. Twenty some years ago, when I first came in, you would say that. Oh, I'm getting it. We would tell them, get into your history. Right, right. Go, 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 go. Right. Right. Realize, yeah, who your founders were. Yeah. And then they look, and now they come back with a different attitude. Yeah. And and, then, and so that's where you get that. You know, like you said, they're alphas, but then they have a tighter bond because within masonry, if you have an active lives is really doing something, they're doing, they're actually doing the work in the community. Yeah. They're actually out there doing book bag giveaways. Um. They're doing Thanksgiving feedings. Um, they're doing Christmas meals for people, toys for the kids at Christmas yeah. time. You know, they're doing back to school haircuts. You know, you got the oldest running Black Little League in the United States. Yeah, my lodge is one of the sponsors of that league. Been a sponsor for that league now, going on fifteen, twenty years. I brought that to the attention of my lodge. My son will have to be playing and join this little league when he, my youngest son, who's 21 now. Yeah. So he was probably seven, eight when he was in this league. So for 15 years or so, we've been supporting this little league. And that's you, 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 you just said something that mm -hmm. probably educated mm -hmm. unintentionally. Mm -hmm. Just so, mm -hmm. man, I'm, this, is, this is beautiful. I love when I have moments like this. So Alpha founded by Masons, mm -hmm. right? Many of them, if not all of the founders were Masons. You just said that the, one of the principles of Masonry or, or being in the Masonic Lodge, the concept of a traveling man is you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And what makes that so relevant now, because they all went to Ithaca from different parts of the world, right. of the country. So they came there and it was the Masonic Lodge a brotherhood that they had First. So they were Masons first before they went there, mm -hmm. right? Because right. that was when you get there, yeah. you need to go find yeah. another Mason. And then once they got there, they said, okay, we're, we're, we're brothers, mm -hmm. but we don't have any connection to the school. Right. So now let's go form a fraternity exactly. so there's a connection to brothers mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. school at this particular... Man! But, but, but the brotherhood for them started because of their Mason relationship that brought them together in that city mm -hmm. because they were traveling. Wow. See, all, it all ties back. Wow. It all ties back. 
Dude, that was, that was, that's yeah. a nugget. You that's know, a, and that's what I'm saying. That's what we used to say. You used to be the running joke. We used to tell them, I'm your father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, people take their person. What do you mean you my daddy? We started your organization. Wow. You know, and they didn't know their history. Right. And they they want to take offense to it. And then when they learn it, they be like, oh, okay. We get what you're saying. It's nothing discriminatory, you know, trying to deflame you. We're just basically telling you the truth. Without us, yeah. you wouldn't exist. This is what started this. Yeah. Um. Masonry, if I'm not, you correct me, um, were rooted in bricklayers, right? Is that the same? No. Okay. That in the symbolism of it, yes. Okay. So masonry is a, a system of... They were builders, right? They, they were, they quote unquote go back to the builders of King Solomon Temple. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Okay. And that's the storyline of it that they go back to the building of King Solomon's temple. Okay. The, the workers of King Solomon's temple quote-unquote supposedly were their first original base. Okay. I don't know that history that deep far back. Yep. I wasn't living in. Yeah. So don't know how true that is. If that's okay. a story or if that's a true actual fact. Okay. But that's where that, yeah, that's where that comes from. Um, how has being a Mason helped you to be a better man, a better father, a better person? It's Giving me the insight on, in in the perspective of of different ways to see things. Just like I was saying, when you in that meeting, or that at meeting after meeting, or that fellowship time, or that just just get together this weekend, hang out. When you hang around a different diverse group of people, you get a different perspective on life, on different things, in different aspects of your life. Be it from anything from family to business to community work. All of that interacts because you have a different view on what to do for the community. You have a different view on what brotherhood is. You have a different view on this. So I'm going to see those different views because we're together. We're working. So some of your views is going to rub off on you, on me, and some of my views is going to rub off on you. And it's going to form that bond and that brotherhood. The more you work together, the more your bond and your brotherhood is. You know? Just like, like I said, I've got friends all across the United States. You know, um, good friend of ours that we went to school with one time, she's within this organization. And she was traveling one time within the organization where she was in another state. And guys, I say, is Tony with you? And she was like, why do people leave? She's like, have you ever, I said, I ain't been at it. But they, I met him at a convention or yeah. something. And people just remember, you know what I mean? Here's my final question mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Like, this is enlightening, dude. This has been super enlightening. What would you tell a young man who is interested in being a Mason? Like, a young man who is searching in life for his purpose, his focus. And you, you, you want to give them words of wisdom about whether this is right for them or not right for them. What would you tell them? Well, first thing I'm going to do is, it's not so much what I would tell them. I'm going to ask them what their reasoning are for wanting to be a Mason. Mm. That's the first and the key thing you really got to learn first. Because if they're trying to come into an organization because they think they can get away with something, I'm going to tell them don't waste their time. That's not what this organization is about. Second, if they're telling me that they want to do something in the community or whatever, I'm going to invite them out to my very next community service thing mm. and see if they show up. There's your test. I'm also, if I don't have a community service thing coming up soon, but if I got a fundraiser or a business or something going on, 
I'm gonna purchase a ticket for him. Say, hey, we got this event that we're gonna be raising money, so do some stuff we do in the community. Come on, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I just want you to show up so you can meet some of the other people to see if you show up. I'm never gonna call you again about it. I'm gonna tell you about it that one time, give you that date. I'm gonna leave the onus on you to show up. I've already told you it's not cost you anything but your time to show up. Yeah. Because that's your biggest investment in masonry. Is your time. Yeah. Because it takes time and effort to do an Easter egg hunt, to do a Thanksgiving feeding, to do a toy drive, to do whatever we're doing in the community. It takes people to do those events, but then it also takes money to do that. So instead of coming out of your pocket, we host different fundraisers throughout the year. So when we get that fundraiser, you got to spend money to come be at that fundraiser, but then you also got to work that fundraiser. Yeah. So that's the first thing we're going to do. I'm going to see how well you're willing to give up of your time. Because I'm going to need your time. Because I'm going to need you at these meetings. Yeah. And see, we're going to have our two to three meetings a month. But then if we got something big going on, we're going to have a committee meeting outside of that. So I'm going to be using a lot of your time. So I'm going to test your time. How willing are you willing to give up your time? If you're not willing to give up your time, what good are you to? You, you know, I'm speaking the time and I'm going to wrap it up. You embody, based on what you're describing, the role of masonry and what responsibilities of brothers are. You embody that because when I asked you to be on this podcast, you just said, tell me when. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this window and you came in today and I'm running behind. He's like, don't worry about it. Right. I'm here. Mm -hmm. and, and as a friend, um, as a man, and then for someone who represents the Brotherhood of Masonry and the Masonic Lodge, do I, I, I salute you. I commend you. And I, I really do hope that people who see this, that have the misconceptions of the Brotherhood, the Masonic Lodge, or those that just think it's a social thing, right? They don't understand. I hope they get it. Yeah, there's a dynamic to our social. The things that people are seeing us doing these parties, these events. Yeah. We're doing those to raise money for the stuff we do in the community. Okay. Uh, people don't realize they don't, we're doing that for the scholarships that we're giving away. Yeah. We're doing that, you know, like I said, we do so many big events. That's the big things we do in the community. We, a couple of years ago, we formed a partnership with Adidas. They were giving us, like, their hockey jerseys and stuff, you know, off-season items. They yeah. were just giving us, we had skid loads of stuff. And we literally would just put flyers, walk the neighborhood, put flyers out. Hey, come to this lodge on this day, free clothing. The only, wow. the only thing was we couldn't sell it. And we had to tell you you couldn't sell it. Okay, okay. You know, things of that that we, we just do consistently and constantly that we don't even tell people about. It's just like I said, it's just word of mouth. We don't get on TV, the radio. Hey, we're doing this. No. Well, look for for the people that are watching. If people are interested, how do they how do they get a hold of you? Uh, or where can they find you out or more information about your lodge? Where would you send them to? Um, for my lodge, see, I normally would send you on Martin Luther King. 24th of Martin Luther King is where my actual lodge building is at right now. But we're in the process of getting ready to purchase a new building because we've got some physical issues with that building. Okay. It's not safe to be in. Any social media platforms that you own? I know that's probably not part of the... Right. That's, that, that's my own personal one. Um, Prince Hall Masons of Indiana. There's a social platforms out there on Facebook. I'm going to leave it up to you to do your digging to find it. Okay. That's what you want to be about. I respect it. Right. But Prince Hall affiliated Indiana Masons, you can find them out there on social media. All right. Research.
Well, my brother, listen, thank you. I know you, you made some arrangements to be here. You truly are uh, the essence of what Masonic Re, or, or Masonry and, and Masonic Brothers stand for. And again, 35 years, we've been friends since we were 14. Yes, sir. Right? So we're, we're 39 years yes, into this. Yes. And, and, and I'm honored, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm honored, man. Thank you. But sir. being on the podcast, mm-hmm. for those of you that, that tuned in, thank you for checking out this episode of In His Voice podcast, and we'll see you next time. Take care.